so much Brother Eddie for allowing us to come and this wonderful privilege to be a part of this camp meeting. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm, I wish the Lord would just come this week. And I ain't joking. Amen. I know we got my family back home, but we'll be over there. So why not? Why do I got to go back to St. Stephen's? I can just go from here. I mean it, the, the, the worse this world is and the more that's backsliding. And I know people, well, I want to see this one saved. And I want to see that one saved. Well, I'm tired of them leaving. I'm tired of churches turning the other way and this one backsliding on and compromise. I'm ready for the Lord to come. Hallelujah. I'm ready for the Lord to come. Most of us have had plenty of time. Most of us have heard enough preaching we shouldn't have to hear another message from now to eternity. We've had enough. We've had enough. But thank God we can just win one more right before that trumpet sound. I heard Brother Tim Cleveland preach a message one time. He said, when that last one gets saved, that could be this week. When that last one's saved, then we're all out of here. Because somebody's going to be last. I'm glad it ain't me. I'm already saved. Thank you, Pastor, for inviting me to come. I'm looking forward to being with the Nesbitts, Brother Adam. And uh, all of you get to see the ones I know and the ones I don't know. But I, I'm just, just excited. I'm probably more excited. Well, I know I am. I'm more excited to be here than you are that I am here. But I, I want to see God work and move. Turn with me tonight to the book of Exodus chapter 14. Exodus 14. Glory, glory, glory. Have I got a water? Exodus chapter 14. Amen, amen. Exodus 14 and 30. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. And Israel saw that great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians. And the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. 15 and 1. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord and spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. Would you ask the Lord to anoint tonight? Lord, thank you for this wonderful privilege you granted us to be here behind this pulpit. I thank you, this pastor, this church, and everyone that's gathered for camp meeting service here tonight. Thank God the way you've prepared us, what you've poured in us. But I pray now for the divine anointing of the Holy Ghost to come down. Take over us, God. Speak through us. Manifest this through us tonight into that heart, soul, and life. That around these altars we can see the power of God touch them. Everybody here tonight has opportunity to leave with victory. Thank God what you've come to do and everyone that's going to let you work in their life. We thank you for in your wonderful, wonderful name. 
Praise God. Turn to your neighbor and say, why don't we just have camp meeting? Praise God. Amen. I want to preach tonight on a, a song to sing. I can't sing, so I have to preach about it. A song to sing. Now, most is familiar with what happened here, but just in case somebody's not, uh, God sent Moses to deliver Israel out of Egyptian bondage. And when they were set free from Egypt, God led them to the Red Sea. They didn't just get there. God directed them to the Red Sea. And when they get to the Red Sea, God had already stirred up Pharaoh and the Egyptian army and they started uh, pursuing after them. So they get to that point where we are. Uh, they're, they're facing the Red Sea before them. Pharaoh's army is behind them and they are scared to death. They don't know what to do. They don't know what's going to happen next. They begin to tell Moses, we should have stayed in Egypt. Well, then God miraculously parted the waters of the Red Sea and all of Israel walked across on dry ground to the other side. And then when they get to the other side, they see how that Pharaoh's army begins to pursue after them in the midst of the Red Sea. And then God brought the waters back again and drowned Pharaoh's army. And then when we get to this point in chapter 15, the Bible says... Uh, they begin to sing this song. It's referred to as the song of Moses. Miriam and all the ladies will bring out the uh, tambourines and, and dance before the Lord and they'll sing this song of Moses. And what they're doing, they're rejoicing and celebrating what the Lord has done. Now, you know, we get used to coming and sitting in our same spot and doing the same old thing. But when you were facing death, All right. All right. there was no hope that you were going to be saved. And God miraculously parted those waters and then brought you to the other side. And you see all of this before and you can't worship you can't shout. You can't dance before the Lord. There's something wrong. Amen. I said there's something wrong when we look at what God has done and we can't rejoice and celebrate in that. That's all they're doing. But they're doing it with all of their might. They're, you know, we read these words to this song, but they're not just reading words. They're singing this as loud as they can with all the energy they've got in what the Lord has done. Because, let's rewind a bit. Before all of this took place, and they're back in that spot, the Red Sea's before them, and Pharaoh's army's pursuing behind them and they don't know God's going to give this miracle. They are desperate. They don't care how God does it. Lord, just give us 
some deliverance. We should have stayed, but we're already here. We wish we'd have never left Egypt, but we're here right now. And we've got to have God's help right now. Because see, in that moment, they did not have any idea. God has set all of this up for this mighty miracle. He led them to this specific spot for this miracle to take place. God, he's the one that stirred up Pharaoh and his army to chase after them. And so they have no idea that God has orchestrated every bit of this for this miracle. They have no idea that day they're going to live a miracle that will be one of the most remembered miracles Israel ever had done for them. They don't have any idea that this miracle is going to produce a song that will be sung for generations. It'll be recorded over and over throughout the Bible what God did in that one day. Oh, they... We wake up and it's just another day. No, this is the day that the Lord hath made. And I want you to understand that. They had no idea that day what they were facing was just God's way of getting them to a miracle that in 2023 we can still preach about it and be encouraged over it. Oh, are you facing trials? Are you facing battles? Are you walking through? valleys and all you want is just to get out of it you're not looking for the way God's working you're not expecting a miracle out of it you're not expecting a mighty thing to be performed Lord if you'll just heal me if you'll just rescue me if you'll just set me free if you'll just deliver me listen you are a child of God and nothing happens to you by accident and what God is doing in your life He's putting it all together to get you to a place where when He works, He is glorified. I don't know your trial. I don't know your sickness. I don't know your desperation. I don't know your battle, but God does. And God has put it all together. And if you can just get your eyes on what He's doing, He's about to give you a song to sing. A test that you'll have to tell for generation after generation of what the Lord did for me. I'm just preaching to you tonight. God allows things to happen to give you a song to sing. A testimony to tell. Nothing happens just by coincidence. God's doing it on purpose. You weep and weep and weep at night after night, but it's all on purpose. Uh, you're sick to the uh, very core of your stomach and it seems it won't go away but God's working all of it on purpose uh, will this dark cloud ever pass over my mind uh, God's working all of it for a purpose uh, and the reason is he's trying to work to give you a testimony uh, and a song that you can sing yeah. I walked in Providence Hospital about I don't know, six weeks ago or so and Mobile and 
a lady just started coming to that church. She's having some uh, problems. And I walked in that hospital room and checking to see what's going on, going to pray with her. And when she begins to tell what she's going through, I'm telling you, just like that, the Lord came and said, time to sing your song. Most of y'all remember when I was sick back in 2017. And for you that don't know, I got sick in August of 2017 and I was sick for 51 weeks. I like one week being a whole year. And uh, I didn't know it for a whole year. I had no idea my family thought I was going to die. They didn't, they didn't think I was going to live. And I, I didn't get to preach for three months. I didn't feel the anointing for five months. Uh, I'll probably get in some later on this week. There's times I didn't think I'd ever, ever, ever preach again. I couldn't breathe. Uh, people get around me, cut off air. I'd just almost pass out. I, I couldn't do anything without just giving out of breath. And they thought it was my heart. Found out my heart's okay. I, uh, long story short, they finally figured out I had several issues going on. A uh, uh, part of it was my thyroid. Got on medication for that. Another part, I had a rare hernia that was pushing over against some nerves. Uh, and that's why I was almost passing out. Uh, I didn't have a valve between my stomach and my esophagus. Uh, so they were they took and wrapped my stomach halfway around my esophagus built a P-trap there. I'll never have acid reflux the rest of my life and that's enough to shout on when you can eat bacon and it don't hurt. I mean it. I thought, as times I thought I was going to die. So they, they got my thyroid corrected. Uh, they, they did the surgery for the the, the uh, stomach wrapped around my esophagus, removed the hernia. But then the fourth problem, they came and said, we can't fix that. I had breathed acid of acid reflux so long into my uh, lungs, it had burned my lungs. And they didn't know how many layers had burned. It had burned the inner layer they knew of for certain of my esophagus and in my bronchial tube. And that's why I have chronic bronchitis. And they said, we can do all of this. This was in uh, the end of June of 2018. And they said, but we cannot fix your lungs. We, we don't know. This is their exact words. Only the creator can fix your lungs. It may be three weeks, three months, three years, or 33 years. We can't tell you how long you're going to suffer with this. We just know we can't do anything else for you. This is the end of June now. Third Sunday night in August. I, I, we had church, and what I'd do, I had a chair right behind the pulpit, and I'd preach for about five minutes, and I'd sit down and rest. They'd worship while I was resting. I'd pull myself back up. That's the way I preached. Couldn't hang a, a, a handle over 10, 15 minutes. And I'd just exhort as long as I could. That Sunday night, the Holy Ghost fell in the choir. They'd come out of the choir shouting, running, speaking in tongues, running around the building. When they settled down, I got in my chair. I pulled up and I'd exhort a little bit until I gave out. And I'd sit back down. They'd start running and shouting again. They died down. Finally, Sunday 
somebody said those dreaded words. Why don't we gather around? Pray for Brother Lamar. Oh, I dreaded that. Some of them remember at camp. I'd get to, I got to camp. I went to camp meeting. I tried to get as far away from people as I could, but everybody wanted to pray for Brother Lamar, and I appreciate that. They just didn't understand when they gathered around. I'd almost pass out, and it would be three to four days before I would get over that. And that's why I dreaded it. When they said those words, I sat in my chair. I bowed my head and closed my eyes. And I said, oh no, not again. It'll be four days before I can do anything again. They gathered around. I just kept my eyes closed, my head bowed. They got to praying. And as they were praying, they were breathing right on top of me. And that, that just bothered me. I'm just waiting any moment start getting dizzy and almost fall out. And so they kept on praying. Somebody's just breathing, but I'm not getting weak. Finally, I got the nerve to open my eyes and look to see who was breathing on me. And there was nobody within eight to ten feet of me. I had preached that morning on the valley of dry bones. And I'm telling you that moment the breath of God breathed into my lungs. And I've been healed ever since. Oh, I've got a song to sing. I said I've got a song to sing because those three weeks I was sitting in a recliner and I wept day and night never thinking I'd ever 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 preach again me and my wife cried what are we going to do because all I've ever done is preach what am I going to do but I've got a song to sing I'm still a preaching the gospel it may not be the best in the world but I still do it I'm preaching to somebody God gave you a miracle God pulled you out Of a desperate situation But you forgot to sing your song Oh there was a while You told your story There was a while you shared your testimony You didn't mean to forget You didn't mean to neglect it But tonight you're being reminded God did a work God did a miracle God healed your body God spared your life God brought your kids Your parents through something You didn't know they'd ever come through But you forgot to sing your song Somebody Needs to leave here tonight Ready to tell somebody Just how good God is How wonderful God works How amazing The Lord is I ain't mean to tell all this, but I am. That was in August. I got healed in April. Year before, we'd have a lady conference. There were so many years, I'd just volunteer to preach it myself before they got time to get somebody else. Well, I'd already volunteered myself before I got sick. It come April. I got something on my heart. Just had to get it out. Just took me a little while to get it out. When I got through, I was so tired. We have our two chairs on this side. That when, when I got through, I sat down. I couldn't do, I couldn't go eat. I couldn't walk. I couldn't, I was just so tired. And I was sitting there. Everybody's fellowship. They're going in the fellowship hall to, to eat. They've all left. Tanya comes up on the platform, check on me, my wife. And uh, I noticed there's a lady sitting in that far corner we know well. And she didn't go eat. 
Sister Rhonda Henderson. Finally, she walks down that aisle. She comes up on that platform. And that lip starts quivering. And I know God's done spoke to Sister Rhonda. And she said, Brother Lamar, she said, God showed me something about you several months ago. Every day I get up, can I go tell him today? And God said, not today. But when I got up this morning, God said, today's your day to go tell Brother Lamar. I said, what is it? She said, you know how <laughs> that Zacchaeus went and climbed that tree to see Jesus. And Jesus said, today I'm going to your house to eat. She said, there's going to be a service. And when you get through preaching, the Lord is going to go home with you and you won't ever be the same. And he said to tell you, your ministry after this will be so much greater than it ever was before this. Oh, my wife and I were just bawling. But I wasn't healed yet. That was in April. But that night when I went home in August, I told Tanya, something happened tonight. And I'm thanking God. I got a song to sing. And I, I don't know what all that means ministry better but I just want to be able to tell everywhere I go he still heals he still saves he still feels he still delivers he still sanctifies I'm tired of just coming to church wondering if God's going to work he's already worked he's already performed the miracles we just forgot to sing our song but somebody the battle you're in now the valley you're walking through now the darkness that's overshadowed you now it's not by accident that when God brings you out of it in a miraculous way it's all to give you a song that you can sing <laughs> can you imagine when they went through this miracle and now they're singing their song I mean, think about what they went through. When that wind began to blow and the waters parted, I don't know me, I don't know how many people went across. Some have guessed and estimated how wide it was. I just want you to picture this. When they start walking in the midst of this river, it's dry grain. Most likely this water has been there from the beginning of time. <laughs> and when the waters have rolled back, it's not a river or a creek or a stream. This is a sea. But when the waters roll back, instantly there's dry grain. What they're supposed to be doing is sinking in deep mud. This water has been there so long. But no, they went out there and it's hard. And it's dry. And they're all amazed. The water rolled back, but this is dry ground. And as they're rejoicing in the dry ground, there's walls of water, the Bible says, on each side. Now I want you to think about it. There's a wall of water on this side and a wall of water on that side. The Bible doesn't tell us how high the wall went. It doesn't tell us other things. It's just a wall of water. But on the other side of this wall there's still the Red Sea 
and their sea life still living in the Red Sea. On the other side of this wall of water, it's still Red Sea and their sea life. Don't you know that little old boy is walking by that and he sees that wall of water and all that sea life is still swimming in there and he just wants to reach his hand while daddy ain't looking and just see if I can poke through the wall. Don't you know? Because he ain't the only one daddy is too. That's some big old fish. That's some big old golly whoppers in there. Man, I just want to reach in there and grab one. Do you see the miracle? It's absolutely majestic. This is beyond imagination. And them little kids are looking up. They can't see the end of the wall. It is so high. And they can see it all still alive. Yet they're walking on dry ground. Oh, I can't wait for us to get to the other side and begin to sing a song of victory. They get to the other side and to their amazement, the waters come back and Pharaoh's army's drowned. Now they break out the tambourines and begin to dance and sing this song. But when I read the song, I was startled. I went back and read it again. Their song is not what I thought they were going to sing. I'm looking for the walls of water and the sea life and the dry ground. They mention it, but that's not what the song is about. Look with me in Exodus 15. You know what they're singing about? Not the miracle, but God defeating Pharaoh's army. Look what he said in the verse 1. I sing to the Lord, he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath they thrown into the sea. Verse 4, Pharaoh's chariots, his host, had he cast into the sea. His chosen captains also drowned in the red sea. I mean, they're singing this to the top of their lungs while they're shouting. The depths have covered them. They sank into the bottom as a stone. Thy right hand, O Lord, is become glorious in power. Thy right hand hath dashed in pieces the enemy. Look at nine. The enemy said, I will pursue. I will overtake. I will divide the spoil. My lust shall be satisfied upon them. I will draw my sword. My hand shall destroy him. Thou didst blow in the wind. The sea covered them. They sank as lead in the muddy waters. Twelve, thou stretched out thy right hand. The earth swallowed them. Nineteen, the horse of Pharaoh went in with his chariots and with his horsemen into the sea. And the Lord brought again the waters of the sea upon them. But the children of Israel went out on dry land in the midst of the sea. The whole song is not about the walls of water. It's not about the dry land. It's not about the miracle. It's all about God defeating Pharaoh's army. I mean, I read it over and over and over again, Brother Eddie. I mean, where is the miracle? Why are they not rejoicing in the miracle? I can tell you why. All they wanted was victory over their present problem. They don't care how he does it. They don't care who he uses. They just want to be rescued. They just want to be delivered. They just want to get help. I come to preach to somebody tonight. That's where you are. It's so dark. If 
you can just see the sun again. You don't care about how he does it as long as you see the sunshine. You're so desperate for help if the Lord doesn't bring me out. I'm not going to make it. But that's what I'm here to preach. He's orchestrated every bit of it. And when he brings you out, you can sing your song of victory. Again, you, you read it. They're saying that while the band's out. I can't sing, but I can holler loud. They're dead. They're drowned. The waters have covered them. Hallelujah. I mean, when they went to bed, they were so exhausted that night. Because they, in one day, everything's changed. <laughs> if you just knew, he would answer. If you just knew, he would heal you one more time. If you just knew the doctor's report's going to change. If you just knew there was some kind of hope. Oh, there he is. The reason you're going through it right now is so God can work and you can sing it, see it so he can give you a testimony and you can sing that song. But maybe the reason he hadn't answered yet, you're not ready to sing your song. You're not looking for the victory. You're just wanting to get out of it. You're not looking at how God's going to do it. You just want to get past it. But tonight God's trying to let you know it's not just wanting to heal you. He wants you to see what he's doing and how he's working. And when it's over, you can do dance and sing your song from one generation to the next. I mean, you've already had songs. Everybody's got a testimony of some sort. But you won't sing your song. So God's allowed this to happen because if he never gets you to where you realize God did this on purpose so you can tell others because there's those out there don't know that God can. They don't believe what others said. But if you could just sing your song, if they could know. Let me ask you. When you pray, the average Christian, what, what is it we pray about the most? My battles. My struggles. My sickness. My pain. My problem. What the enemy's doing. We spend a significant amount of time on what we're going through. How many of you know spends a significant amount of time every day praying just for the lost? Not about anything you're going through, just about the lost. Bare few. How many of you know spend 30 minutes a day not praying anything about themselves and just praying for revival? <laughs> you see what I'm talking about? Our focus is only what I can get out of this. Not what he wants to do in this. How often do we spend a significant amount of time on the hurting? And those in needs around that I don't even know. 
How often? When you rejoice, what do you spend a significant time about rejoicing in? Healing. The miracle he just gave me to get me out of my problem. My financial blessing that if God hadn't have met me, I don't know what, how to pay that bill. What I felt last night in church. But how often do we spend a significant amount of time on the night he saved us? <laughs> Woo! Oh, that wretched man I was just a few hours before. And how he gloriously changed my life in just a matter of a few minutes. And then when I left there, I was a brand new creature in Christ. I got in my office not long ago and I said, today it ain't about me, Lord. I'm just going to think about my salvation. Oh, what a wretch I was. That long-haired rebel, rock and roll loving boy that I nobody ever gave a shot of getting saved. Oh, but thank God. You talk about some shouting going on in church they never thought I'd get saved when I got saved there was some rejoicing going on oh yes I mean they rejoiced when I got saved but we just zoomed past it how, much, how often do you spend a significant amount of time how he baptized you in the Holy Ghost or how do you ever spend a significant amount of time that we have a Monday night with the privilege together and all we can do is praise his wonderful name till tears flow down our face I knelt in that altar yesterday and I wept and I wept because the Holy Ghost brought conviction and that little girl ran up to that altar and said I want to make sure I'm ready for the rapture I wept like a baby when I looked up and all the others had filled the altar Oh, what a privilege we have just to have the word of God as a blessing in our lives I come to tell you, oh, if all you want to do is get over this, you're not getting your song. But if you'll recognize God allowed this on purpose, that when it works, he'll give me a song to sing. Instead of singing about the miracle, they're singing about a God defeated Pharaoh's army. Because that was their present problem. I saw this happen in person. I've been, I've been preaching just a little over 30 years now. Ever since I've been preaching, I have prayed and asked God, I want to see blinded eyes open. I want to see the lame get up and walk. I've seen cancer healed instantaneously. I've seen broken bones healed instantaneously. But I want to see blinded eyes open, lame get up and walk, and the dead come back to life. Something before last, my brother and I was preaching youth camp, Camp Pentecost over in Troy, Alabama, Brother Jimmy Hebb's camp. Now before I got there, I'd already heard about this fella. He came to Troy University. Somebody brought him to Mount Olive. And uh, he's blind. He had sight he lost his sight with Talladega's blind deaf school. Somebody told him about Troy. Then when he got Troy, told him about church. He called. Somebody brought him to church. Well, that Sunday night, Brother Tyler Chastain of our church was going by just to preach. Brother Ashley asked him to preach. He said, Brother Mark, I couldn't get a message for nothing. All God said, just share your testimony of your healing. Guatemala and other times God healed his body. He said, all I can do is get up there and cry and tell my story. <laughs> 
He said, when I got through, he said, anybody need healing? He said, somebody went back there and got Garrett. said, do you believe the Lord can heal you? He said, I'm not sure, but I'm going to go up there and pray. He said, he went up there, can't see a thing, blind as a bat. I mean, it's just nothing. He said, but when they prayed, he started seeing fuzzy things. He started seeing light. Then he started saying, is that a pink shirt you got on? Is that a blue shirt you got on? Is that a red dress you're wearing? I mean, you just went there. Everybody's just, I mean, they're just amazed. They're shouting the victory. He can see out of that eye. That's, that's about three, four weeks before camp. We get to camp. What I don't know is, I mean, he comes, he's quite a character. He's got that blind state. He'll about knock you over. He's walking 90 to nothing, just swinging it. You see Gary coming, you get out of the way because you're going to get hit. He can see how that I, I didn't know this. He was born blind in the other eye. He ain't never saw that eye. After Thursday night at camp, Doug preached. We had a powerful altar to serve. Got through. I look over there and he's covering his good eye and say, is that you, brother? We all looked. And I asked, I said, what's going on over there? Brother Matthew said, God just opened the blinded eye he's never saw out of. There's 10 or 12 of us up there at the platform. We start bawling and squalling. And the rest of them, I mean, they don't have a clue what's going on. They've already shouted and spoken in tongues, fell out. Well, parents come. It's last night at camp. They're going back, migrating to the parents, ready to go to the house. And I mean, I'm weeping like a baby. I finally saw a blinded eye open. So I tell this pastor, get on that microphone. Tell him what God just did. He gets up and says, I just want you to know, Gary's never been able to see out that eye. God just opened that blinded eye. He can see. And by the way, he's got his driver's license. 26, 27 years old, first time. When Brother Ashley said, the Lord just opened that blinded eye. You know what they did? They clapped, praised God, and then they went right back to talk. I look at Brother Jimmy and Sister Cat, they're weeping. Dad's weeping. We're all weeping up here on the platform. I can't believe. I've always thought when I saw a blinded eye open, pandemonium would sit in the bill. It did not happen. They just went right back to talking. I could not believe it. I went home. I went in that time, my office and I, I said, God, I don't understand this. I thought this was going to happen the whole time. But then the Lord took me back 30 minutes to an hour before Garrett got healed. That place was, I mean, people were shouting. They were speaking in tongues, running around that tabernacle, falling out in the spirit. But now that this blinded eyes open, it doesn't, it didn't phase them one bit. Why is that? He said, because they got victory over their present problem. That wasn't their problem. <laughs> that wasn't their problem. They had a battle. They had a dark cloud. All they wanted was God to move in their situation. But now that a major miracle has taken place, it's just common. No, it ain't. I've been waiting 30 years to see a blinded eye open, and I'm ready. 
rejoicing. Oh, but somebody's here tonight. If the lame got up and walked, it wouldn't bother you. But if he brought you out of what you're going through, it'd be a different story. If you could ever get peace in your mind again, it'd be a different story. Why? Because that would be your song. I said that would be your testimony. Garrett's got his, but God's wanting to give you a song to sing. Because notice, notice. <laughs> These Israelites, they'd already seen the power of God in the ten plagues. But they had never seen God defeat their enemy. They seen water turn to blood. Darkness cover the land. Flies and frogs everywhere. But they've never seen God. Woo! That's where you need tonight. You know God can do this and you know God, but you're not sure God can do what you're going through because you've never seen him in your present situation. Oh, yes, he healed the fever before. He kept you from the wreck before. He spared your life in this. But you've never seen God deliver you in your present problem. I just come to ask you, if he does, will you sing your song of victory? Are you going to go right back to your carnal backslid state? Are you going to go right back to criticizing everything going on in the church? If he does, will you sing your song? Notice, they didn't ask for this miracle. They didn't ask God to roll back the water. They didn't ask him to make walls of water with their sea life on the other side. They didn't ask for dry ground. Their fear was Pharaoh's army. You see, that's the thing. You know God has done this and you know God has done that in the past, but right now none of that matters because what's got overwhelmed you is the fear of what you're going through right now. That fear has gripped your mind. That fear has gripped your heart. I know what it's like to sit in a recliner three weeks every day, every night. Weep like a baby. When that dark cloud sat on me and said, I'll never preach again. I mean, I had no idea I would ever, ever have to preach another sermon. You are there now. You just can't see the other side. You can't see the song and the dancing and the playing of the tambourine you're overwhelmed with fear but if God if God delivers you will you sing your song I'll fast forward because I need to get through but I really feel like dealing with this right here fear has gripped somebody in this house so bad you can't, you, you saying words, but you're not singing. You know what the preacher said, but it ain't resonating inside your heart. Fear has gripped And you cannot remember a time when you had such joy. You can rejoice in the Lord in victory. But if he ever could get me past this, if he does, and when he does, all right. 
Are you going to take notice of what he did and how he did and make up your mind? He did it on purpose to give you a song because there's somebody on that job that don't believe. But when they hear your story, woo, when they see how bad it was and how God intervened, or that the case, then they will find hope in themselves. One last little point right I want you to notice what that last verse of chapter 14 said. Israel saw that great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians. And the people feared the Lord. And the people believed the Lord. And the people believed his servant Moses. Now you know the purpose of why you're going through what you're going. It's not just to give you a song to sing. But you can't sing that song if you don't believe. This situation has created so much doubt that you don't even realize you have no more faith. You do not believe that God is going. You, believe, you know what he has done, but you don't believe but God's allowed all of this to transpire so that when he works, you will believe. Notice, they feared the Lord and then they believed the Lord and then they believed the man of God. You're so full of doubt, you don't even believe what the preacher says no more. You question when you read the word of God. When you read Psalms and he said, Lord... Let wrath come on the wicked. That's all you see. Lord, kill them. Punish them. Let wrath come upon Because you have no faith. But God has allowed it. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but I know what God said. God has allowed all of this to come just to get you to when he works, you will believe. And you will fear the Lord. And then when you believe, you'll grab your tambourine and you will be able to sing your song. I got another story. I just can't tell it tonight. I got another night to tell that. I'm telling you, God has worked in so many ways since 2017. Well, since Tanya had a heart attack in 2015 and spared her life. I'm telling you, God has worked over and over. Somebody says, y'all been through it have you I said we've been through it but God brought us out and we got song after song and since God did it I'm going to sing my song but somebody you need to believe before God is going to reveal his power and give you that song every head behind my clothes singers you come who is, come on, just get up and run. If God will answer this prayer, if God will move in this need, I will sing my song. Come on, right now. Ain't no reason to hesitate. The Lord's already dealt with your soul. He's already opened your eyes to it. Just come on. Who is it? God has done something you forgot all about your song, but he reminded you tonight you hadn't been telling your story. Get up, run up here, and make a commitment to God. I'm going to sing my song. There's somebody here gripped by fear. 
Hold on just a second. The Lord said there's somebody here. You claim to be a Christian, but you don't even believe God can. You say you're a child of God, but you don't believe that God can work. That's the reason you've went through it, is to get you to believe again. Anybody want to step out, walk up to this altar and say, I'm going to give God a shot. I'm going to give God the opportunity. I'm going to see what God will do in my situation. Come on, get up run right now. I'm going to get up and run right now. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. Do you believe or do you want to believe God's going to bring me out of my present situation? Would you just get up and run down here right now? Come on. <laughs> oh, I feel the power. It doesn't matter what you're going through. Who is that? I am believing. I, I, I'm struggling with that, but I'm coming up and believe God's going. He'll let all this happen just to give me a song to sing. Oh, yes. <laughs> There's somebody else you grip with fear. He come to set you free from that fear tonight. He come to set you free from your fear tonight. But you got to come give it to God. <laughs> come on, give it to God. You let fear control your whole day. That it's affecting your whole life. God's want to set you free from that fear tonight. Anybody? Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? Lord, if you'll give me a song to sing, I'll sing my song. Anybody else? Oh, I feel, I feel the Lord's talking to somebody. If you feel led, just come to the altar and pray. You're welcome to come and pray. But there's somebody. You're struggling. You're struggling with fear and doubt right now. God's come in this house to let you know. He's still God. The same God that parted those waters and made dry ground. He's still real right now. The same God that's healed you in the past and delivered you in the past. He's still God tonight. Are you going to let him be God? Your situation. Is there anybody knows somebody in this house that needs to be up here? Won't you come to him and pray for them? Do you know somebody that needs to be up here that hadn't come yet? Won't you come up here and pray for them? I'll never get victory over this problem. Then you're doubting God. God said, if you'll give him the opportunity, just give it to God. He'll show you what he will do. <laughs> and in this, he's going to give you a song to sing. Woo!